Hello. Hi. Hi de ho. Yes, hi. <laughs> well, bienvenidos. Hola. The multilingual craft beer radio pre-show. No. I, don't, I don't get it. No, well, it's not supposed to be God. It's just stupid. <laughs> well, that now that fits our show perfectly. Exactly. Oh, oh, all over my hands. Sorry about that. <laughs> beer jumped out of the can. Had a little uh, extra tra- trajectory to it. Ah, man, it's a. It was a long day. Today was Soccer Fest, Soccer Fest, Soccer Fest, mm. which is uh, three short games on a sunny, hot day at Grand Park. And then uh, half an hour after Max's last game ended, we had Max, or since Ali, half an hour after Ali's third game ended, Max had a playoff at deck hockey. So lots of sun today. <laughs> Soccer practice. Yeah. And uh, apparently, soccer practice is a slang term. says gay pimp on it. Yes. That's a little bit of context you need for this song. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> so whenever I hear guys talk about soccer, this thing pops in my head. <laughs> well, you know, I like my soccer practice. Uh-huh. Actually, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. It's been a uh, trying season for both Allie and I. Previous season before I've coached. I got, I've seen my coaching be effective in mm-hmm. improving the team. And this year, I don't see that. Like, this year, I feel ineffective. I feel like nothing I can do can get these. And what the girls, they'll play up to their competition, but they also play down to their competition. Mm-hmm. And they never play a full game. So, like, today, they didn't play a full game? They quit playing, like, with 15 minutes to go and give up the lead or get blown out at that point. You know, it's like they don't... Oh, I mean, they they still they still on play. the field. Yeah, but they just stop. They They're just not playing board. at the level necessary to make, to finish the game with a lead or anything like that. Well, I mean, you're doing it's community soccer, right? It's not like 
I mean, it's the kind of thing, you know, people, you know, parents bring their kids to it and, and the, the kids kind of get the social stuff and then they're kind of done. Like, oh, if, if, is... if Allie wants to win, she needs to get into more of like a semi, like, like a so more... This is, well, this is travel soccer, so this is, you have to try out, you have to make a team, things like that. So, it's not club soccer. It's, so, that's the level you're talking about, the next level. But, you know, this is, should be girls with, with good skill and... It's just, I don't know, it's just been a trying season. And then Allie, this might be her last season of soccer. She might not play anymore. Um, the strategy now is she's going to try out for travel, which tryouts are like next week. But the teams aren't assigned and you don't have to accept until like mid-August or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I had a talk with her tonight. We want, I want her to figure out whether she needs a break from soccer or... Soccer, you know, she's done with soccer. Whether you know, it just doesn't, you know, fun isn't fun for her anymore. But she can't make that decision today. She needs some time. She needs a couple weeks off to play at the pool and have summer, you mm-hmm. know, be a kid in the summertime. And if she starts to miss soccer, and fall comes around and she is feeling it, but that's when I want her to make the decision. And um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a trying season. Part of it was you know. She was bumped off the team that she's been playing with for a year and a half to start this new team because there was new registrations. I think a big part of it was because they knew I would coach if I had to. And, you know, it's hard finding coaches. So, she, I, you know, it makes me... I don't know how I feel about it where, you know, it affected my daughter's enjoyment of the game because I'm willing to help out, mm-hmm. you know. So that's a bit... Uh, I don't know if frustrating is the right word. It's fr- that part's frustrating. But I just don't know. It's it's it's, it's a weird thing, right? I'm an involved parent. I want to help out. But it might not be the best thing for my daughter. You know, it's weird. Um. Yeah, so we actually have two. <laughs> so, like, we played three games today. And the first game we played was against the best girls team in our association, the one Allie used to be on. And for their short games, are just 25 minutes. For the first 18 minutes, 19 minutes, we held our own. We actually took the lead, and then it was tied 1 1. And then they just shut down, stopped playing. And the, and the other team scored like four goals. Like we were holding our own with the best team. And then the other two games, we were playing teams we should have easily been able to beat. On paper, we would have beat them. We beat the one team like 7 nothing or 7-1 to one earlier in the season. They tied us 1-1 today. And then the, the lowest skill team beat us 4 nothing at the end of the day. You know, it's just like... Yeah, so I'm feeling like, am I doing something wrong? What can I do to get these girls playing where they should be, where they can play, where their skill level mm-hmm. is? They're not, it's like I'm not, it's not like I can't get them to excel. But they're not even achieving what they should achieve, you know, what should be easy for them to achieve. And that's, that's the weird thing, the frustrating thing. And I'm not sure, like, I can't figure out what I need to do to get, to get this going. But it's over, you know, it's practically over. Mm. I mean, the problem I have is that I don't have any suggestion whatsoever because it's like, 
as far out of my like oh, knowledge of, of things that yeah. I, I can possibly imagine. So it's just like, I mean, I hear you talking, and I understand the, the mm-hmm. difficulty. But it's like, I'm kind of just venting, right? I'm not yeah. asking you specifically for advice. And I'm sure you can appreciate a lot of the social part of it, you know, things like that. But the, like I said, the weird thing is, like last year, I could see the things I was doing was had an effect. And I don't see it this year. I don't. Maybe because the girls are getting older. They're getting too close to a teenager, so I'm not going to be as impactful. It's probably part of it. Maybe some of them are kind of peaking out in their skill level. That's probably part of it. Part of it is certainly that I'm not a good enough coach to take these girls and get them to excel, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, it, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's been... It's been tough planning out the practices and feeling that they're worthwhile. Like, it just, everything was hard this year. Everything. So I'm happy it's over. <laughs> Maybe Ali can get into skateboarding. Did you see the latest Physics Girl video? I didn't. I mean, I saw that, I saw that it was out, but yeah. I didn't see it. So actually, talking about that, right? So Ali may quit soccer, but the thing she wants to like, focus on? Allie makes making mm-hmm. you know she identifies as a maker as opposed to a soccer player now where you know before she had identified herself as a soccer player I really can't be upset about that I mean I'm not upset about that right I mean that has better future growth and future opportunity in real life application than being a soccer star mm-hmm. being a woman's soccer star in america right like you know there's such a small okay you know if you're in the top 10 percent, you might get college paid for right i think she probably has a better avenue of getting scholarships through technology sure absolutely so, especially since you know she started early so she can yeah. get really on on that track that well that's kind of i mean that's that's my long game right is to get her out there and get like people in colleges interested in her and you know get those kinds of scholarships and stuff like that so i like the the latest physical video because it's a really good way of describing the intermediate access theorem that she did which i you know you can watch it because it, it's way better than i could do but it, sure. it demonstrates she demonstrates just with with a phone um that okay so there are three axes on the phone and what she can rotate right there's mm-hmm. um along the longest edge you know mm-hmm. just uh, you can, or sorry, along the <clears throat> along the longest edge, you can do it like that, mm-hmm. and that's stable. And perpendicular, that's stable. But mm-hmm. then this way, this mid-axis, mm-hmm. which is requires not nearly not as much oomph as uh, as this way, but not but uh, more oomph than this way. Okay. That is unstable. Well, it's, that's why the hammerhead flips around when you right. toss a hammer, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is is skateboard tricks are usually you know this variety or this variety. Okay. And she was working with somebody who found a way to do it uh, a trick that was of this variety. Uh, so she, yeah, basically flipping a, a skateboard nose over its tail. You know, I would think that the hardest part with that is because the skateboard is two and a half feet long or whatever, and you know, getting that much space between you and the ground so you can flip it nose over tail. Uh, well, that's part of it. Yeah. And the guy, guy goes into the guy. It's it's cool because the guy who is doing it is physics intelligent enough to like, he knows what's happening and stuff like that. So 
it's it's really interesting because he gets he, he knows like what tricks what tricks you can do what tricks you can't do what's physically possible what is phys- you know and and it's it's there's a difference you know there's some people who just do it and they do it naturally and it, and it's whatever and there's some people who understand it mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's always in the middle the people who kind of understand it and kind of don't or that that the scary part comes in right because you sort of understand what's happening with the dynamics but you don't know how to control it um or or you think that uh, the the tolerances are too low or something like that so if you understand things you can be like okay well i need this like th- this trick is harder to stabilize so i need more space between the other tricks when i do this one so you can get that mm-hmm. you can look at it that way or you can look at it as like well it's magic and i'm doing it somehow it's it i kind of compare it to like riding on planes the people who don't know anything about planes tend to be okay the people who know every who, who know how planes work tend to be fine the people who know a little bit about planes are scared of planes <laughs> yeah Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything to follow up really on that. Um, I am. I I saw that it was out. I uh, just haven't got around to catching up to my YouTube subscriptions mm-hmm. lately. Let's see. Um, anything that happened recently? So the Americans wrapped up. I want to talk about this real quick. I won't get into it too deep. But second to last episode was jam-packed full of action you know it's like wow this is awesome and then the final episode my initial impression like with a lot of finales was like uh kind of kind of slower kind of boring because like i was expecting like nationwide manhunt to like you know the net closing type thing and what are spoilers if you haven't watched the american jet it was kind of like it was it was more realistic right it was a not chase slow exfiltration through Canada to mm-hmm. get back to Russia, right? You know, like how spies would really do it, right? Especially when you're like super duper awesome spy, you know, it should be pretty easy to get out of the country and not get caught. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what the story was was a character story. Like it showed, like, basically every character loses. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, That's and, good. That's sort of the, you know. So, but like, you know, at first, like as I'm watching it and right when it finishes, and I've had this with, I can't think of which finales specifically, but I've had the same feeling with other finales where I was like not immediately gratified. Mm-hmm. But then as I thought about it when I'm laying in bed and going to sleep and stuff, I still like, oh, wait, no, this is better. This is good. So that's a kind of how the Americans finale hit me. Um, and I'm not going to get into I I didn't, I wanted to just stay general because you're not, a, you know, you haven't been watching it. Uh, I won't get into the details. You know, it's going to be hard talking to you and you don't care. Don't know the, you know, it will be too hard. Yes. To give you enough story to care. Right? Yes, sure. And, you know, I don't, you know, some people listening might want to hear my opinions on like how Stan, uh, you know, played out that sequence in the, in the finale, but I would just feel awkward talking to you. And I can talk to you all about how disappointed I am with the Westworld this season. Okay. First, I want to ask you a joke, though, mm-hmm. or tell you a joke rather than not ask you a joke, because that would be silly. Um, <clears throat> a cop stops a car that two priests are driving in. I'm looking for two child molesters, he says. The two priests look at each other and say, we'll do it. <laughs> oh, groan. 
groan. Oh. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> That's not right at all. I thought it was great. It is good. It's a good joke. No, it's not right, though. We're drinking the... Um, we did this on the show a couple weeks ago. This is not a bro deal. Mm-hmm. From uh, the Booth Brewing. We have another booth uh, tonight. Yep, that's the last uh, booth that we have. And then remember we had like that Sa- Enter Sandman Imperial Stout? Enter Sandman? No, no, it wasn't Enter Sandman. It was the Sandman. The Sandman. Uh, we have the Barrel Age. The- We're not doing this tonight, but we also have a bottle of Barrel Age Sandman. So I might put that in the mm. cellar and have it in a couple of years or something like that. But those are beers are from Gary. An interesting thought about um, Apple. Apple computer? Yeah, because like, um, I was talking to Damien about possibly, and talking to you too about, you know, this probably has, yeah. I mean, this probably has maybe a year left in it before it, it's it's too slow for, mm-hmm. for most stuff. Um, and that's fine. It means we would have gotten like four or five years out of it. Uh, and I was thinking about, well, what's my next one going to be? Probably not a Mac. Probably go for like a Surface Pro or something. Uh, the first question was, was Damien was like, well, I thought you were a Mac guy. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not a Mac guy. No, I'm, I, I'm I, a guy I, who's, who is, who cares about what's the best laptop I can get at the time. At the time, it was definitely a Mac. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case anymore. With the lack of touchscreen, you know, just like how they've been unable to integrate touchscreen mm-hmm. into it, it seems like it's got to be a serious disadvantage. I mean, you would figure they're watching how their sales are going and, you know, what focus groups are saying. But to me, it's just, it's been like, Touchscreens have been omnipresent in everything else, Chromebooks and PCs, for what almost three years now. Uh huh. And like Apple's like nowhere like on the horizon. Well, yeah, I because Touch is their iPad device. And... Well, I have a thoughts about why that may be the case. Um, to my idea here is that Apple's technology, like what they're centered on right now, what they're centered on developing is is uh, a display interface. Uh, conjunction, right? How how that works, and then they've been full force on this with new iPhone development and all the stuff, and Face ID, and more, mm-hmm. all these other patents coming out for 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 the iPad and things like that. There's stuff for bezel design and like just crazy stuff all around this, all focused on this human interface uh, display conjunction, um, and. One thing I've noticed about Apple is that when they go on these sort of, uh, they go, they focus on this and everything else kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say suffers, mm-hmm. but it just, it, they just let it coast. Uh, and they've been letting their computers coast and they've been letting iTunes stuff coast. I mean, they, they chase after these big markets where there's big payoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once they get the payoff, they simply coast. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't think that. Yeah, you can't spend a billion dollars in R and D on next new laptop when so many people are foregoing conventional computers. All their computing having's out in their pocket or out of their purse, you know. And so, if you can revolutionize, if you can revolutionize that thing, where you can make your iPhone as effective in computing as your laptop. I mean, I think that's the place to go, right? I mean, wouldn't you love if your phone had enough power and 
you know, when you needed a more rich interaction with it, you could just dock it onto a screen in the computer, but you rip it off and all your stuff's right there. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more people trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a power issue for one thing. Um, but, and, and Nintendo is doing a little bit with the switch. And I think there's, there's a lot of things to consider though. Like, uh, how, just, just how to keep, I mean, it's a lot of memory and power and computing power to keep in the small space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it's an easy problem. Yeah. I think it's the problem. I think it's the problem that need, that needs to be solved. That, you know, I think if you could make a top tier computing device, which fits in your phone and, you know, I think what Apple, Apple is not going to go with the dock, right? They've always hated docks. They're going to work on some innovative thing, like all these patents you were just talking about to make, to give you a richer interaction into your phone. Or maybe, you know, maybe they'll stick with the iPad a little too longer than they need. Uh, but, you know, part of it, like, how much does Apple really care about the business market and the, the power user market? I don't think they do. I think they're, like like I said, they're, I think they're chasing, they're they're chasing big payoffs. That's sort of been Apple's big thing, is, yeah. is chasing big payoffs, sometimes successfully, sometimes not. I mean, yeah, how, at, well, you know, part of the thing is, you know, it was the the power aid, power users and the content creators that saved Apple. Mm-hmm. So for a long time they've been hesitant to let those go, but I mean, oh my God, are they certainly coasting? Look at the Mac Pro. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Mac Pro is so old, and if you need the fastest, best video editing, I mean, short of Avid or whatever, you know, like specialty stuff, but if general purpose video editing or photo. You know, you want the Mac Pro, and it's ancient. Yeah, uh, but I mean, they've they've done great things. Like the music industry had no idea how to collaborate, and we're all going, you know, nuts and stuff until Apple came along and and made you know just sort forced of their hand. forced their hand essentially. Uh, and now we have stuff like Spotify and Google Audio taking taking over for the places where Apple was because Apple just coasted on that. Oh. <sighs> iTunes is so, was always awful, but it's still so awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they it, it allowed like Apple to beat like real audio, mm-hmm. you know, places that were yeah. in that zone, but didn't have the didn't have the the tech uh, wherewithal to get it actually right. done. Plus, the industry just the industry connections and the way to the mm-hmm. the guy at t- the guy at the top that that was evangelizing and and, and was working that that angle too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be. Yeah, I would be curious to see how. What's the best thing Apple's done that wasn't put in motion by Steve Jobs? Right, like, you know, so all the innovation happened before Steve Jobs died. They've put out a few neat things since, but. Almost certainly in the pipeline. I don't want to. I don't want to mythologize Steve Jobs because no, Steve Jobs. No, I'm not did... mythologizing Steve Jobs. I'm kind of talking more like Tim Cook isn't is uh, isn't the the guy who's going to. He's more like an administrator, right? He keeps the plan go. Like he's like a mutual fund. <laughs> right. Well, he's he, yeah. He's, he's more like a Steve Ballmer than a Bill Gates. He it's it's uh, he's less an idea guy, more of a um, keep keep the keep the trains running on time. Yeah. Guy. 
yeah, I, I, I don't know what Apple's shtick is going to be, but hey, I just bought a new Apple device, so. And then, you know, you're talking about going to a Surface Pro. So, Microsoft, I mean, you know, I work for them. I'm I'm sure I'm wearing rose-colored glasses. But, you know, so they're doing pretty good hardware. But it is tough going from the Mac, like, runtime quality of just having a solid PC that just works to back to Windows. I mean, I had to reboot this morning because my computer wouldn't give me the login prompt. Mm. It came up. It showed me my picture. It wouldn't show my login prompt. I've had things like that happen on the Mac. I have to do it like twice a week. Oh, that does a lot. It doesn't happen in my home there's computer. My home PC is Windows times 10. where I won't turn it on. It, like, I'll hit this button, and it won't turn on. The only trick I found that works is if I hit the button to disconnect the screen from the laptop, it, then I hit the power button, it'll turn on. You know, so there's like, those are my two main bugs. And I've rebooted more in the last... 90 days than I have in like my entire career with the Mac. It's just so the Surface Tab, the Surface Pro won't be perfect. It'll mm-hmm. be nice and portable, and powerful. It's a more powerful iPad, right? It gives you more applications because it's running Windows. But you're what you're trading for is the it just works. Yeah, I you're guess never so. gonna say that your Surface Pro just works, you're gonna say it's finicky. I have to learn to live with these things. That's what you're. Well, I'm get. still going to wait at least a year. One one of the things that that I that Damien asked was like, do you need? I mean, the Surface Pro is pretty powerful. Do you need something that powerful? And I was like, well, if I want something that lasts five years, I want to get something pretty powerful because <laughs> by the end of five years, it won't be. And if I want something that's going to last a year or two, then I don't. Well, that's necessarily the need other it. thing. You know, I have a top of the line Surface Book Two here. It doesn't seem speedy. Like, it doesn't seem as speedy as, like, the top of the new Macs do. The new Macs are just seem like lightning bolts. And this guy just, like, feels like my old, second-generation old Mac. Hmm. Interesting. So I had, you know, I had the old Retina, not the Touch Bar one, previously. And it was starting to show a little bit of age, you know. Things start not, not as quite as zippy, starting to wait for things here and there. And this feels on par with the speed of computing, the, like the speed of getting work done, as that. So, like it's like I'm like this thing is a beast of a computer. It should feel like it should just flow. It should just go. And I just can't say that I feel that way about it. Silence. I don't have anything to say. Uh, I think I have one more thing I wanted to mention. Oh, you might have seen on Twitter. I went to a whiskey tasting last night. I did not see it. Okay, so um, one of the guys in the 3D printing club, he was at the thing Ali did last week. Uh, We were in the room and he mentioned bourbon. He saw my head turn around like, oh, bourbon? I like bourbon. And so he invited me to this whiskey tasting he's been going to for a couple of years. And this is an anesthesiologist. And like most people there were anesthesiologists. So that's kind of where it came out of. But this dude, he had, I won't, you know, I won't like name drop neighborhoods or anything. He lives in one of the really nice neighborhoods in the north. Um, we were, I was, came in the back door under the patio. So, you know, I only saw his bar. But like at the end of his bar, he has his whiskey room. And this is a room that is probably. 
um, let's say 10 by 10. All four walls, except for the doorway, are just shelves of whiskey. There was probably 500, 600 <laughs> bottles of whiskey in there. Pieces. So the tasting was like this, like, craft beer radio style guided tasting. Uh-huh. There was a TV with PowerPoints talking about the Speyside region of Scotland and, like, the characteristics of Speyside whiskeys. We tasted four Speyside whiskeys. And during the tasting, people were encouraged to, like, kind of, you know, talk about what they're tasting and whatnot. It was, you know... But the the host um, had a microphone and like a little loudspeaker because they found like if he before he had that like he would lose control halfway through because people mm. were drinking whiskey right. So we did the four whiskeys that was really fun. I got to taste some pretty good scotches from you know I'm I you know learned of Islay scotches the really smoky campfire ones and kind of stuck there because when I had other things like Macallan and stuff like that they really just didn't do it for me I didn't explore too much so now I have a little bit more depth of exploration but then after the four whiskey tasting it's kind of like just hang out he had grapefruit sculpin on tap Sam Adams and and Labatt but then you know the, the whiskey room these 500 or 600 whiskeys anything you want just go taste if, even if it's not opened go taste it oh um I did not taste Pappy Van Winkle. Okay. That's the really expensive one. You know, uh, he had a bottle of Pappy there, but there was like half a drop left in it, mm. you know. And uh, this is my first time. I don't be the guy. I'm not going to be the guy that kicks the Pappy, even though the, I really don't think there was enough in that bottle to other than just like wet your tongue. Right. But, you know, I probably tasted like 30 different whiskeys. But you can pour just the tiniest True. little lip, right? I don't think I was ever too drunk to drive. And by the end of the night, I was perfectly fine. Uh, And I I got this huge sampling of like Japanese whiskeys. I did a whole bunch of bourbons, you know, just trying different bourbons because that's really what I like the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got a new, I got to kind of like look at different Sazeracs, which are rye whiskeys. I've had some here and there, but not enough to really differentiate and stuff like that. And like after last night, I had probably had four different Sazeracs and could really differentiate. So super, super cool. And, uh, once I get more, like once I go a few times, I'll, he's fine with people inviting people and stuff like that, but I'm not going to do it on number two. Right. So once I get to a few of them, I'll get you up and you can come out and give it a try. Sure. I'm always, yeah, I'm always into like guided tastings. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, like this is the opposite of a drunk fest, right? Mm -hmm. I, I tasted 30 whiskeys and stayed sober the entire time, you know, and because I was just pouring almost as little, I don't know how much, I would say less than an eighth of an ounce or maybe roughly an eighth of an ounce of samples, you know, just like, you know, just tasting it. It was so, so awesome. Cool. Because, I mean, that's, a, we've wanted to do spirits on the show before, but the price point to be able to do that, to, to week after week or even occasionally buy four new bottles of whiskey for mm-hmm. the show you're you're up over two hundred dollars right off the bat yeah and it just never worked out and we never really tried to get media samples of, of whiskeys that seems maybe that's the angle i need to work you, you, i could have a, i a bet whiskey you could room. do it i could have a whiskey room like that guy after i see a no reason to suspect it that we you know um, that you couldn't do it yeah maybe we'll give it a try i'll make some maybe he has some contacts in the industry and <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely get you invited once I'm, like, not the new guy. And uh, we can 
because it was pretty cool. Cool. Should we uh, move on? I think we should. All right. <laughs> 